Hey guys, welcome back to episode two of Girl, Are You Okay? We back or whatever. Yes, we are. Asha, how you doing? Um, I'm doing. <laughs> doing all right. I'm doing all right. I had um some of my finals were this week, so I've just been studying my little heart away, and yeah. So. Nothing much going on. Almost done. Mm -hmm. It's been a long day, long work day. I'm tired, but I'm here. So we're going to get this thing popping. So we're going to air early. You know, usually we try to air on Thursdays, but because this week is a holiday, Thanksgiving is on Thursday. We know you you want you guys to be with your family, whatever. We're going to be posting this episode on Wednesday. So happy early Thanksgiving to you guys. And I guess in, you know, connection with our last week's episode, our self-care tip was writing down something that we're thankful for. So I think that's a great way to, you know, open the episode for today um, in the spirit of Thanksgiving as well. Ajay, anything you got to say you're thankful about? Okay, let's see. I am thankful, um, first and foremost, for being, just being alive. I'm thankful for not getting COVID. You know, each day, each day that I don't have COVID is a blessing, in my opinion. It is. It no. truly is. Because it's it's a risk every time you step out that door for contracting the virus. Girl, you so. you know I'm quarantined. I went home just now. I'm getting back in DC, so I'm in the house quarantined. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I do have a thankful t- little thankful tidbit. I am thankful for bonus checks. <laughs> I yes! got a bonus. <laughs> Come on, what you spending on yes. me, sis? Uh, <laughs> I'm you know sorry, Christmas cup. I didn't. No, uh, no. I didn't hear because <laughs> you know Christmas coming up. Oh, see, and I've already started buying my Christmas gifts. I'm gonna wrap them up. For myself and um so I, I apologize. I have done nothing of the sort. I need to. I just haven't done it. I ain't even thought I'm taking advantage of these little Black Friday all month long Black Friday Black Friday deals. So I've been trying, you know. But yes, we're thankful for bonus chicks. So let's get on into the show. Um so this um week's creative corner, me and Ozzy both have something. So for me I want to uh, like implement like a book club for us here at the Girl Are You Okay podcast. And I just think that would be great. We can read together, we can talk about it. And I'm all about promoting literacy, free literacy for the people. So please check in the description box and I'm going to post a link. And there's this, um, it's called the Free Black Woman's Library. Um, which is an interactive Black feminist mobile trading library. Um, It features a collection of about 2,000 books by Black women. So um, I'm going to provide this resource to you. I just, you know, found it on the internet. Um, And you can read about the organization and everything while you're there. But for December's book, I want us to read Sisters of the Yam by Bell Hooks, which is I'm a part of this free black woman's library. So you go on there, you'll find the book, you can download it and you got the book for free. So yeah, I'm excited to read it. I've never read it obviously, but I've heard good things about Bell Hooks. 
So let's get into it. Period. We do be reading or whatever. Yeah. Excited. Um, okay, so for my little what is this? The creative corner, is that what we're calling it? See, tentatively. Okay. <laughs> well, anyways, so what I have chosen is so one thing about me is that over maybe like since last year, I've been really into TikTok. I will literally scroll TikTok <laughs> all night if you let me. But so what's been popping up on my For You page lately are these wig TikTok tutorials. So like all of these like just gorgeous black girls are just instructing people on how to um, melt that lace honey and lay your wig like step by step and it's it's in a shortened condensed version but it's simple enough to follow um have I followed one yet no but have I liked them for future references yes so I just they just them girls be in their bag like they be they're like young slaying the hell out of a wig so it's just you know, I want to give them their props. Um, there's no specific one that I watch. It's just whatever pops up on my For You page. But if you do have TikTok, you can go to the search bar and just like search hashtag wig TikTok or wig talk, wig tutorials, stuff like that. And they should pop up. So, yeah. Do you have wigs? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> just don't. They don't be, I don't have the patience. They don't be laid like that. No, because I don't have the patience to sit there and take my time and do it. So, yeah. One of these days I am, though. (laughs) What about you? Yes, I have, um, well, I only have one wig. Her name is Naomi, but she doesn't technically have to be, like, you know, fleeked at the edges because it's a bang. So I can just hide that. And it got the little band in the back thing. So it just kind of fits like a helmet. Look, my should be flat now. Just you know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's like real snug. Got the little band in the back. I, I hear and you. Sis. <laughs> I'm gonna have to pop out Naomi um, real soon. Oh yeah, you. I like that wig on you. But yeah, you know. Okay. Yeah. On to our. It was all a lie, guys. It was all a lie. My it was all a lie moment, which I was thinking about this recently. Um, our student loans and the interest that comes with those student loans that you take out. So, you know, I've, I've been taking out student loans since undergrad, sis. So, you know, I should be taking, taking them out all willy-nilly, like. <laughs> yes, I'll take that one and that one. <laughs> yes, exactly. And it's like, I be getting these refunds, like, oh, do you want to send the money that you don't use back? No, why would I do that? <laughs> no. <laughs> Absolutely not. You know, I was using it to like, where I still am, like using it to pay my rent, like the excess funds, books, you know, snug me a couple outfits here and there. Um, <laughs> but I've just been mm, thinking. educational. Yeah, I got to look fly on campus <laughs> to uh, elevate my grades. I look, I look good. I feel good. I feel good. I do better in school. Yes. Oh, okay. I like that. Exactly. But, you know, so I've just been taking them out all willy-nilly. And so, of course, I've been taking them out in grad school because grad school is substantially more expensive than undergrad. So 
I just recently just have been looking at the amount I owe. And it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> and it, just the interest, the interest is what gets me. Have they yeah. already started the interest thing for you? Uh, since you're uh, like I mean, technically my stuff is deferred, but my interest is still racking up. No, I it's think, not. Yeah. I think maybe now uh-huh. since like the pandemic, they stopped the interest. But I mean, that shit is still a lot, even with them stopping my interest. I'm sure they're going to start it back up soon. So <laughs> I'm sure. But I'm just thinking like how much a high education system is like a scam because I'm paying you ridiculous amounts of money. Like you're charging me interest on money that I can't even like huh and then I get this degree and y'all have the audacity to offer me $15 an hour where <laughs> literally <laughs> where literally. How, how am I going to pay back the the principal amount on the loan let alone the interest how does that yes. work yeah it, it's not um <laughs> I'm a yeah I think like, I had like just be like they just be like they're gonna just not pay it and yeah uh, that's how I've been feeling lately <laughs> maybe pay like $20 a month but like I did the little estimated calculator like my estimated income and like all that stuff and like what I should be paying a month off my student loans it was like 300 and something I said oh no what? we're not gonna do that at your paycheck like, yeah the student loans uh I can give you what 10. about like what about like that's what I'm saying like that's like car note like right what right. about my other necessities that I had to have like feeding myself clothing myself right. getting myself to and fro places yeah and it's like I just uh it, so that's my it was all a lie that not even the principal amount it's the interest that racks up that's going to I feel like I'm never going to be able to pay that shit off because my interest is just going to keep rising and rising and rising and it gets to a point, I saw somebody like, I saw somebody um, screenshot something on Twitter and it was like that amount of interest that they had racked up was more than the initial amount of like their loans and stuff. And yeah. I'm like, I'm paying you more money just for the fact that I wanted to go to school and I had to borrow this money to do so. Yeah. Whereas you can go to like Switzerland or, you know, any other place outside of the United States and education is free, you know? Must be nice. It was all um, like her. It really was. Yeah, I, I mean, but I had no choice but to take out the loans. You know, I didn't want to burden my parents with paying for my schooling. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah. Hashtag abolish Sally Mae. I know, right? And I feel like, well, you know, your president elect is saying that's one of their priorities um, getting these student loans out of here but we gonna see you say, um, I'm gonna just not pay them just right just, I'm gonna just wait <laughs> I'm gonna just prepare for I'm gonna I'm a practice so I'm gonna start now not paying and then you know just yeah just wait because <laughs> the Lord he gonna, that's he me manifesting it yeah so that that was my it was all a lie Okay, so we have an interesting topic that we're going to discuss today. Um, so 
um, I think we mentioned this on our first episode, but me and Asha grew up together. We went to high school, you know, we grew up together in Mississippi, mm-hmm. um, Clinton, Mississippi, and we went to majority white um, school district from like kindergarten through 12th grade. And I think yeah. what, by the time we graduated high school, it may have been like 50-50 in terms mm-hmm. of like white to black, right? Yeah. With an with an, maybe, you know, 2% other, whatever, do that math. <laughs> you um, do the math. <laughs> you do it. We know it's more than 100%, but you get what we say. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, you know, we just want to talk about that, like, talk about our Black experiences um, and how they've been shaped, um, you know, coming from rural Mississippi um, and then growing up in that environment and how that has affected us as Black women, you know, and showing up as Black women today in the world. Yeah. So I guess we'll take it back, start, you know, start. Uh, go take a trip down memory lane. Um, yeah, let's do it. So we, like we said, Clinton, Mississippi. How would you describe Clinton to our people who've never been to Clinton? Um, very small town. Everybody knows everybody. Um, used to hang out in the parking lot because there wasn't much to do. You know, hang mm-hmm. out in the Kroger parking lot. <laughs> um, maybe go yes, to Sonic. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody's oh, house. <laughs> yeah um just yeah small small town so let me just preface this whole conversation every time I tell somebody I'm from Mississippi they like ask me the the most like ass backward questions (laughs) ever like do you all wear shoes I'm like are you are you for real are you dead ass like Yes, we yes. do. <laughs> yes, There's we not do. dirt roads everywhere and no sign of life <laughs> or civilization. Like, I mean, the Ku Klux Klan is, are not burning um, crosses right. in all the niggas' yards. Um, right. Just a few of them. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like where we're from. So people think that Mississippi is, you know, what is depicted in like, you know, race movies and stuff mm-hmm. it's like kkk members and civil rights activists and that type of thing and while those elements are very much so present it's that mm-hmm. was not my experience growing up as you know no. i did not experience i feel like what people typically think of like when typical, they think of racism typical, in mississippi what is it overt racism yeah like in your face racism right yeah that wasn't for me behind your back yeah but I also speak from a position of a light complexion Mm -hmm. black woman with 3c hair like I can speak of my um privilege in that manner like I know that I didn't experience certain things because of the way I look so that's just like a little background about Mississippi like it's definitely not as our experiences, I guess, are just not as, we're not stuck in the 60s, basically, and I feel like, especially this year, it has shown us that every other state, and people in every other state have the potential to be 
hater, you know, haters, race, racists, and all that's of that. Not yeah. just our southern states. That's like, what I was about to say. Like we have the same amount of racism here as anywhere else in the United States. I mean, I feel like there's racism everywhere. Right. Ours, you know, it's just like a historical, I guess, yeah. perspective. It's the South is associated with slavery and all these type of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think people don't realize that it's also, you know, right in, right in your backyard as well. So, yeah. Here, so let but me yeah. ask you this. Let me ask you this. So going from a predominantly white high school, how did that affect you? Because I know you went to an HBCU. I went to a PWI. So how did that, you know, affect your life there or did it? So growing up, like my dad was very, um, I would say my dad and my grandparents really, you know, informed me a lot about my history, um, their experiences. Like my grandfather was the first black mayor of this small town in Mississippi, Chula, Mississippi. And he was like sent to jail on some bogus stuff, you know, like on that, his Nelson Mandela type of stuff. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, seeing, hearing about those experiences. Um, and my dad always forced, oh my goodness, he always forced me, or I would say, I would say me and my brother, but my brother never read. I was the goody two shoes, but he would force us to read like these, um, like black books all the time like <laughs> and whole book reports and, sh- and like I'm like nigga it's summer leave me alone literally literally my dad would make me sit down and watch Roots every time it would come on TV <laughs> every time all 800 parts of Roots I would have to sit down and watch it every time it came on I was like well I already I saw this the last time it came well you need to sit watch down it and watch it again okay oh, oh, yes, too damn bad <laughs> I will but go ahead (laughs) yes and so like I remember reading like the Malcolm X autobiography and like just all of these black power things were kind of forced upon me when I was younger (laughs) so Mm -hmm. I remember like you remember fun time so fun time is like this skating rink um Mm -hmm. that used to be the hangout spot but I remember like hangouts at what elementary middle school yeah but I remember going one Friday night and the police officer was was kicking out this black kid and me and all of my like fuck fuck them you know like Mm -hmm. me and all of my pro-blackness was like I made a comment what did I say I was like, it's always the black kid or something. Like this had this situation had nothing to do with me complete like at all. But <laughs> not you interjecting. Girl, I did. Ooh. I thought it was injustice. And I was like, let mm-hmm. me speak up. Got my ass kicked right out too. <laughs> I was like, all right, well, fight That's the power. Right. <laughs> right. So it's like I feel like there's a certain sense of blackness that mm-hmm. was instilled in me in my family um because it definitely was not anything we got from school or you know wow. our community or you know the community at large I'd say mm-hmm. so once I made that tra- transition going to um 
uh, HBCU. It really was a no-brainer for me. Uh, I knew I wanted to go to HBCU. Both of my parents went to HBCUs. They went to um, Jackson State in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, family members, aunts, uncles, whatever, you know, went to different HBCUs because it was, it was it, that was the thing. Everybody went to HBCU. And I knew I wanted to go to HBCU. Um, I was like, I guess if I do grad school, med school, whatever, I'll look into those other universities. But I knew I wanted that HBCU experience. Um, and honestly, <clears throat> excuse me, once I've, since being, you know, since coming to, ha going to Howard and graduating everything, I am such a totally different person in the sense that I look back, I'm just like, if I would have known back in high school, the things that I know now, the things my Howard University education taught me, them Caucasians would not have had a chance. No. When I tell you my foot would have never left their necks, <laughs> ever. So yeah. I think my experience at my HBCU has definitely solidified and that fight the power or that whatever that is that you know it's always it's always been there but I feel like now it's it's definitely a part of me to the yeah. fact to the I um so one of my first jobs post-grad I was working with um an all-white team there was one black girl on there but you know it's different she was a different kind of black girl y'all know what I'm talking about <laughs> um <laughs> So, but there was an incident wow. where I got into it with this, this Caucasian woman. It's always a Caucasian woman that we were saying. Um, but let's call her Karen, shall we? Um, <laughs> Karen had the audacity to try me on, I won't even get into the whole thing, but she basically disrespected me in front of my patients, in front of our team. Um, at the time I was working at a pediatric clinic. And so it was like in front of everybody and it was very belittling and hurtful. And I immediately left the situation and went straight to our boss. And I told him, I said, I have a potential HR situation that we need to address immediately. And he pulled me aside and he was very, he's one of, I definitely say that this man is an ally to the community because he was very, um, you know, listened to everything I had to say. He felt where I was coming from and he reprimanded her, you know, in, in, he called her in there with us, reprimanded her, let her know she was wrong and it won't happen again. And I felt confident in my ability to navigate that situation because of, I guess, my experiences with my HBCU. I feel yeah. like I have such a no tolerance for these Caucasians bullshit. <laughs> because I went to Howard like I went you know growing up you didn't really or I didn't really say anything I feel like to white people like that like of course we had some debates in certain classes or whatever the case may be but I don't I never I don't think I ever really like push for um put like stood up for myself if I like in times where I may have felt slighted or something like that if as a result of a race issue um but now <laughs> what was um I'm coming for you I'm coming for you and the thing about me is I feel like you have to beat them at their game like when when Karen came up to me that day it took every every piece of me 
not to like go back and forth with her right then, right there, because that's what I knew what I wanted to do. And I knew what I wanted to say and how I wanted to handle it. But I knew that as soon as I did that, I was going to be the angry black woman and everything that I said or felt would have been diminished because of how I responded. So I'm like, you know what? All right, girl, I'm going to beat you at your game. Let me write this formal complaint to HR (laughs) and send it to our boss before and like, let's do it that way. You want to play games with me? I will play games with you. And I'm going to beat you at your game because I've studied it and I know it and I'm not going to play with you. But you can meet me outside after five o'clock as well. As soon as this clock runs out, you know where to find me. So I definitely feel like I'm I'm able to like handle things. Um, I, I I'm willing to take on certain fights, whereas I may have been a little more passive, you know, in all white environments when I was in high school. I feel like I have a sense of. Um, yeah, I think that also just comes with like just growing up. Like we've gotten we're a little bit older now, a little bit wiser. Um, a lot of things that were said to me in high school that I let slide, definitely, no, now, no, sis, you're not about to say that to me and me not say anything. Right. So, yeah, I think it also, what also are, just comes with age. Huh? What are some of those, like, experiences or microaggressions or whatever that you experienced, like, in high school? Do you remember any? Yeah. Um, in high school, let me tell y'all, Aja. Hold on, hold on. Because Aja... <laughs> Aja ran around with the white folks in high school. So I knew you let's just let them know. Let me speak my truth because I was about to say that. I was okay, about to speak my truth. Okay. You got it. So in high school. <laughs> definitely in high school. Let me tell you the background. So in ninth grade, I made our high school show choir, which is like a big deal in our community. Like I say it to y'all and y'all are gonna think it's like stupid. But like we were a really <laughs> We were really good, number one in the nation. Um, I'm trying to describe, like, show choir. It's like Glee, but not really. Like, it's, like Glee. It's like much more, more than Glee. Anyways, that's not the point. Anyways, so I was, I think my freshman year, it was me and two other Black girls in the show choir. That was it. And by the time... Well, yeah, by the time my senior year, I think it was just me and one other black girl. So we were definitely the minority in there. Um, So I, and we would have practice every day, every week, um, five to seven, five to nine, sometimes weekends, we would be together on these competitions and trips. So I was surrounded by white people a lot so that's just who I ended up hanging out with a lot especially in high school I still had my my uh, like us people you know my people like I said you know me and Nia we've been friends for a while and our other friend Brie Tisha I'm gonna say one two three <laughs> okay no no I don't do, okay I mean I had not but I just feel like I was friendly in high school anyway so I had I talked to anybody but the majority of the people I did hang out with was white because I was in a show choir that was mostly white. But um, I said all that to say, you know, there were microaggressions that came with that. Um, I'm not sure if they knew. I don't know. It, it's just, it's hard to tell. Cause even back then, it, like 
something that I wouldn't think was in my progression back then, I definitely think is one now just from me growing up and educating myself and, you know, just coming to, into that realization of like, that was not cool what you said. You know, it's just, but you know, just like the typical like, oh, um, look, I'm almost as dark as you. I went to 10 or you're so you're pretty for a black, black girl. girl. Yes. <laughs> or, they love to say that shit. Yeah. Like, or, oh my gosh, you changed your hair. Like, Can it grew overnight. <laughs> this. Don't do that because you know it's a weave up in here. You know it. So it's just things that didn't have to be said were said. And like back then, I didn't really think anything of it. And now just I am aware of those things and I'm not afraid to say something about it. I think because yeah. I am aware. That's good. That's fair. I definitely feel like in high school or in, I wouldn't say high school, but that time I was pretty like on my pro-black shit. <laughs> but I feel like I remember specifically an incident and somebody said that you're pretty for a black girl thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, like you said, you, you, you're aware of certain things now that you weren't necessarily aware of then. I feel yeah. like for me, I don't know if this is the case for you. Um, I experienced like a sense of um, like belonging when they would mm-hmm. make certain comments like that. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, I'm pretty for a black girl, Kirby. Yeah. <laughs> but then it's like, like now <laughs> say that shit to me and no. we got a problem. <laughs> Period. So like yeah. you said, I definitely agree with the fact that, you know, there are certain things and I guess it goes back to we're in a we're in like an age of enlightenment, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, people are just becoming more aware of things and that's because people are speaking out about things. Yeah. Um, and we didn't know um that they were really, like we said, microaggressions. And they probably mm-hmm. didn't know. Especially no. when it's like, you know, things that are like in their families, you know, like things mm-hmm. that happen at their houses behind closed doors, how they really feel oh, about. yeah. I heard, that's another thing I heard a lot too. It's like, oh, my dad would be so mad if I dated a black guy. Like, what you telling me for? Because you was dating a white guy. At the time. <laughs> <laughs> me? No, it wasn't me, sis. <laughs> oh, it wasn't. Oh, okay. That mm-hmm. was my other friend, Aisha. <laughs> no, nah, but for real, that was, uh, I don't even, anyways, we'll save that for another, <laughs> another topic, <laughs> another episode. Yeah. But they'll say that, they'll be like, my parents don't, um, like, wouldn't, you know, want me to do that, blah, blah, blah. But they, they still out here doing it. And like, even I went to, I ended up going to a PWI. I went to Ole Miss of all places. And surprisingly, that's when I found my group of people. And that's when I just flourished um, in terms of like just being comfortable in my blackness and being proud of my blackness. Because I feel like there were times when I was younger where it's like, I'm not wishing that I wasn't black, but just wishing you belonged with them like it wasn't so much of it's like it wasn't like a distinct racial divide in our community Mm -hmm. but it's like that underlying tone of you're not a part of this type of thing yeah like no matter what 
you did like I was student council president from ninth through 12th grade and it's like I did all of these played sports I um did all these different things but there's still that underlying tone of it doesn't matter girl yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you're doing literally. because <laughs> literally it doesn't matter but now you know like you said it's different definitely don't feel that way no. we were brainwashed literally brainwashed <laughs> literally like, you brainwashed can, you could not pay me to be anything other than black we we started all this shit you hear me all this out here is ours we ours. set the standard literally i want y'all to remember this period but yeah so i mean anything else you want to add about growing up in a predominantly white town um no there's nothing I can really think about right now um I would love to hear from you guys how do you think your um like your upbringing whether that's like where exactly you grew up as far as location is concerned or maybe you grew up in a blended family um like a mixed race family um how do you think just your upbringing generally um affected or affects your black experience or how you perceive yourself or show up in show up in the world as a black person um so if you guys have any comments any input be sure to um either dm us on our instagram page um which is at girl are you okay podcast or you can um send us an email at girl are you okay pod at gmail.com so we would love to hear from you guys um and we'll be interacting with your responses yeah all right we'll move on to for your consideration yes all right you want to take this first one this is yours yes So, for your consideration, Travis Scott has launched a scholarship opportunity. So, I don't know if you guys remember, um, Travis Scott has, he formed the Cactus Jack Foundation, um, which is supposed to be a charitable organization that aims to empower youth through education and creative resources. Um, So, he, okay, so Travis Scott has joined with the city of Houston, um, as well as the new school's Parsons School of Web Design. And he has started a scholarship fund, an HBCU scholarship fund, and it's called the HBCU Wayman Webster Scholarship Program, and it's named after his grandfather. Um, okay, so this, um, this scholarship, the Wayman Webster Scholarship aims to cover tuition fees for students struggling financially during the COVID-19 pandemic um, with the fund made available to those attending historically black colleges and universities. Um, so look into that guys, um, he's giving out money. We all love free money. Um, and yeah, apply for the scholarship. Period. Don't be like me taking out student loans and you're going to be in debt for the rest <laughs> of your life. <laughs> Let him help. Mm-hmm. All right. So moving on. Mm-hmm. All right. So 
On to some more news that's for your consideration. My good sis, Megan Thee Stallion, has come out with a new album. Her first official album. The rest of them, the rest of the project she's dropped has been like mixtapes or whatever. Anyway, it's just her first album. It's called Good News. Yeah. Yeah, this is her first album. It's called Good News. Um, it dropped last Friday. Um, it's great. In my opinion, I love it. I've been seeing like people tweeting about it and stuff, and it's you either really love it or you really don't. I personally like majority of the songs on there. Um, cute little bops. My personal favorites are Shots Fired, where she's going in on that little midget that shot her. Um, <laughs> circles, the little midget. Um, circles, which is a song. It samples Jasmine Sullivan's "Holding You Down, Going in Circles." And you know, Jasmine Sull- Sullivan is also a fave artist of mine. Which, by the way, also Jasmine Sullivan dropped something too. She dropped a new single called "Pick Up Your Feelings," which is really good. Anyways, Ooh, yeah, I'm ready for her to go and drop this album. I think she is dropping an album. I'm just not sure when, but yeah, she need to hurry up. But back to Megan. So I haven't got- listened to Megan's yet. You know, I'm late. I'm always late on the on the trends. I'll catch up. You should listen. <laughs> I think you liked a few songs on here. Um, Circles, Do It on the Tip with the City Girls. Um, Sugar Baby. Simple. That was my favorite. And Freaky Girls. That features scissors. I like it. A lot of people don't like that song, but I mean, I like it. Whatever. Y'all some haters. I'm gonna go listen. No, I'm, I'm gonna go listen. We gonna see how she um. But yeah, y'all gonna doing? listen. I'm a Megan fan. Yeah, I love me some Megan. She can't do no wrong in my eyes. So. Hi, even even the songs that I don't really vibe with, you know, I'm like, oh, okay, sis. Hmm. Still love you, but I don't know. I didn't feel that way about this album, so. Hmm. Okay, we'll check it out. Yeah, go check it out. You let me know if you like it, if you're part of the um, people that don't what like they it. What call themselves? Oh, what is, what is, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. The hotties. Yeah, hotties, hot girls, something like that. Um, but yeah, go listen to that. Also, my good sis Nicki Minaj is coming out, out with a docuseries that's going to be coming to HBO Max. I don't know if there are any Nicki Minaj stands out there listening to our podcast. Barbs, where you at, Barbs? <laughs> our Barbs. Um, <laughs> she announced the docuseries on the anniversary of Pink Friday, which that I I like. I really like that album. Um, Did It On Him was a part of that album. Roman's Revenge. Mm-hmm. Um, Classics. Yeah, so she's going to be having a docuseries coming to HBO Max. She didn't announce when it was going to be dropping, but to just be on the lookout. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be on the lookout. Probably going to be, what, like a year? She's going to pull a Rihanna (laughs) on y'all. She's going to be like, yeah, it's coming. (laughs) It's coming. Just wait. (laughs) Well, I hope not. But yeah, that's them out a little for your considerations. You got another one? Okay. Um, I just have one. (sighs) Y'all. It's holidays. Tomorrow, yeah, by the time you guys hear this, tomorrow will be Thanksgiving. And I hope y'all got a COVID test two weeks ago and been quarantining right. since then. But you need to get another one <laughs> before you go home and before you go kick in everybody's face 
you need another COVID test in addition to the one you were supposed to get two weeks ago. So just um, remind you guys to get that last COVID test. And if you haven't been doing what you're supposed to do, stay your ass at home. Stay at home. Thank you. Autumn folks, did you see Autumn folks at Compound in Atlanta after the Gucci and Jeezy versus? Girl, I did not. Purposefully did not look at yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> Like, yeah, I watched the, the versus battle because you know, oh, me too. Burr. Burr. <laughs> Maybe that, yeah. it, it, I just can we just talk about that for a second? Just okay, Gucci. Just I, why, <laughs> why he violate that man like that? Jesus said, I'm trying to come to you as a grown man, but yet, Jeezy is the one like you, the one that tried to kill me, but you want to squash it No, Understandably, I definitely understand yeah. Gucci's logic to a thousand percent. I just think it's hilarious that Jeezy's like, man, that was 20 years ago. Like, okay, and you tried to right. kill me. Literally, <laughs> I am never going to forgive you. <laughs> yeah, that was a good, was I mean, funny. I definitely think Gucci did not play all the things that he, he had a whole bunch of his he arsenal, but he no didn't play. Hits. None. He, I, I didn't feel like he played his hits, hits, the ones that no. I'm like, freaky girl, like, Thank you, girl. Shirt off. Um, I heard Trap House Three. Like, I was like, he, I, he was just focused on getting up there and by like violating him. Yeah, that was that was his one and only mission. <laughs> he was like, I'm not here to play any games with you. Okay, but yeah, I just wanted. I to. was literally so tense the whole time. Like, I was like. <gasps> literally <laughs> like i'm like you know for at first it took them three thousand years to even start right oh my lord they just started fighting time. in the back already <laughs> no definitely when they started talking over each other i was like oh my god they, they're gonna get to you they're gonna get to you <laughs> they didn't be like you know what no more talking <laughs> that's what, like gucci did not sit down one time like sir you standing up this whole time is making me nervous sit down he probably said, y'all ain't gonna catch me trying to catch me slipping. Nope. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, <laughs> shame on me. He said, I'm ready. I'm sitting on ready. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, we would like to wrap this episode up with some self-care tips for you guys to try in this upcoming week. Did you try any of our self-care tips from last week? Um, I tried to take care of your plant. I took care of my plant this week. Oh, I definitely didn't do that. I just got back home from two weeks of not being here. Two of my plants are completely dead. <laughs> One of the other ones was like all of the leaves, which usually stand straight up, were laying on the table. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay. okay. He, they back up. They back up. But two of them have that. Yeah, so I didn't do that one, but I did try the stretching. Um, I didn't do it every morning, but I say maybe every other morning I did stretching, and that's okay as long as you did it. Yeah, I did. I did it, and I also have like um, a whiteboard on my wall, and I would do. I ain't do it every day, y'all. So, but on some days, you know, I go to my whiteboard, and today I'm thankful for. And I will fill in the space. And I put um, on my board currently, it says bonus checks. (laughs) 
So yes. So I did a few. But we have some new ones for you guys for to try out for next week because we always want you to take care of yourselves here at Girl Are You Okay? Because we do want to make sure you're okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so one that I love to do myself. Um it's not really intentional. I just be really um, uninterested <laughs> in all of the hoopla. But staying away from the news and social media. I think it's so important that like we take time to really disconnect from social media and the internet because we're always on our phones. I saw this tweet. It was like, you're on the medium. It's like you're scrolling through the little screen and the big screen trying to find something to like occupy your time after you've been on the medium sized screen all day. And I'm just like, that's literally drag me. It (laughs) drag me. And so (laughs) try and stay away from the news and social media. I know I did that a lot, like especially around the election time. I just I couldn't engage. It was just too much for me. So I do that often. Um, take a break. Maybe you guys take a break for like a day or a few hours or something like that. Whatever works for you. But just kind of disconnect from all of that craziness. Um, another one we have is to um, zen your home. So ambiance. We want to, you know, make an environment that you love to be in. You're always at home, you know, especially now during COVID and stuff. I know I spend most of my time at home. So I've really been trying to make my environment one that I enjoy being in. I've gotten a lot of different plants and decor, um, a lot of different, uh, I wouldn't say a lot of different, but scents and things going on just to make sure, just to make it home. So ambiance, you know, is essential to peace and self-care. So get some candles if you want just some regular scents, some sage if you want to burn them demons out or whatever you do with sage uh, some holy oil if you need that but set up your place like find out what you like and implement it in your home so that it becomes a calm space your personal environment um is peaceful so yeah all right all right um, um next you want me to do the next two sure all right the next one is to reconnect with family So connecting with family members can be an uplifting source of ancestral love and unconditional support. Um, But that doesn't mean there shouldn't be boundaries or that doesn't mean reaching out to family members that maybe you have cut ties with. Find a family member that you can trust and can confide in and just... Makes um, you feel safe, yeah. Yeah, just hit them up, call them once a week, once a month. Um, yeah, Black families have- Especially during the holiday do. season. Black families do have an ability to just make you feel like everything will be just okay. Just in my experience, sometimes I, there have been times where I can just hug my mama and it just feels like there has just been a weight that's been lifted off my shoulder. So, I mean, maybe not necessarily- immediate family members it doesn't have to be a mama your daddy maybe it can be um a friend of the family that you feel is like a family member to you but just somebody that can just make you feel safe whenever you're around them yeah yeah reach out to them love on somebody yeah love on somebody let somebody love on you during these 
holiday time. That's what I'm finna do. I'm finna go home and lay in my mama lap, lay in my daddy lap, and just mm-hmm. be. <laughs> we love to hear it. Okay, we have um, one more self-care yeah. tip. Not it. Okay. Um, so we want to, I feel like this is going to be our challenge of the four self-care tips. Um, so we challenge you all to identify and stop negative self-talk. So we all do it. We all like judge and criticize ourselves more than you know what we should so we challenge you to identify um when next when negative self-talk begins we challenge you to identify when negative self-talk begins and to stop it immediately um i love iyanla van zandt like everything (laughs) iyanla i love it everything but there's this episode period not on my watch (laughs) but there was this episode I was watching she was um like it was this married couple white lady and a white guy and they were having like issues or whatever and the the lady goes into like all of her past trauma blah blah blah. and Iyama literally stops her mid-sentence make another choice and I have tried to implement that and I'm like I literally like nope Nia stop you see what you're doing to yourself stop make another choice so make another choice to think something else or do something else to change your attention or but literally make any other choice than talking negatively to yourself so um, say positive things you find yourself looking in the mirror talking about yourself you're like nope mm -mm. say something else say something else nice so we challenge you guys to identify negative self-talk when you start doing it and to like replace you know stop it and replace it with something nice about yourself i'm gonna try that because i definitely do have a lot of negative self-talk i've realized i just be looking at myself in the mirror like ew sometimes like how dare you (laughs) it'd be like that you be really be on ourselves like i'd be on my ass like (laughs) like nobody else be on us like we be on right (laughs) and if we don't stop that like I don't know, like, obviously ain't nobody else going to talk to me like I, you know, talk crazy. No, But uh -uh. it's just like, I don't know, it kind of leaves like a space for where you start to believe it. Yeah, yeah. And it affects everything else you do. But yeah. Yeah. Well, that wraps up our self-care tips. Um, We'd love to hear how these are going for you guys. So let us know. Um, And that is our show for today yes we'll be back to our regularly regularly scheduled programming we'll be back um posting on next thursday so um yep anything else you got aja for the people no um you said pretty much everything um you know email us y'all we want to hear from y'all at girlyouokpie at gmail.com if you want it, yes. we ain't gonna say your real name. We can keep you anonymous if yes. you want us to. Just us. Privacy. But yeah, okay. thank you for tuning in. Bye, y'all. Bye.